Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 78. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $410 each. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin epicenter of the South. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. (laughs) We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking with people about Bitcoin and everything having to do with cryptocurrencies here at the dawn of the age of cryptocurrencies. Long-time listeners, thank you so much for joining us here, and new listeners, enjoy the show. On today's show, I take a trip to Madrid, Spain, where I have a great conversation with Fernando Gutierrez of Dash. Dash is digital cash. More importantly, Dash is a technology leader in the digital currency space with a rapid pace of deploying new innovations. The Dash developers have developed a number of firsts, such as the first privacy-centric transaction system, the first to enable nearly instant payments, the first First to enable user governance and the first to create a sustainable self-funding model. Join me now, listeners, for a very informative and enlightening interview. This episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is brought to you by the good guys over at CryptoCompare.com. To keep up with the exciting world of cryptocurrencies, CryptoCompare.com. listeners today on the show i am talking to a young man in madrid spain this is a guy who is a lawyer an economist and he is part of the development team of dash ladies and gentlemen please welcome to bitcoins and gravy fernando gutierrez fernando how are you fine thank you thank you for having me i've been a long time follower of your show since the beginning i believe oh nice i've listened probably most of them Oh, wow. That's nice. That's flattering to hear. You know, that seems like it was a hundred years ago, man, a long time ago. That's funny. So you are part of the development team. Uh, You have many roles there. You said your role is liquid. You do some strategy. You're the director of the foundation. And uh, you also do some user support, web development. And uh, you said whatever is needed in general. So has that changed or is that still the case there with Dash? I do a bit of everything. I was involved early on. and Dash was launched on January 2014 Mm -hmm. i started to get involved like a couple months after that and uh, i've I've been doing many things since then i've worked on the website i've done some legal work because Mm -hmm. i'm a lawyer Mm -hmm. i'm in the board of directors of the foundation we created a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. Um, i do some user support i i do whatever is needed I'm a professional at being an amateur. I do many things, almost good, almost well. So 
I try to help whatever is needed. I see. So you're a Renaissance man, a jack of all trades, master of none. So let me ask you. That's it. <laughs> how did you initially get involved in you know bitcoin and in the cryptocurrency space you're a lawyer you're an economist i assume that you were a lawyer and an economist prior to getting into the bitcoin space is that right well first time i heard about bitcoin i think it was 2012. okay i heard an interview with gavin Andresen mm -hmm. uh, in a economy podcast i used to listen which is called econ talk it's really nice for those interested in economy and there was an interview with uh, Gavin, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And, and then I did some research. But back then, uh, it jumped in price from, I mean, $7 or $5, something like that, to 20 So when I got my Mongox account ready, uh -huh. I didn't buy because I thought this is obviously a bubble. It's, it's, it can't be worth $20. I, I'll... I'll check in a, in a month when it's back to normal and it's seven or 10 <laughs> and, and I'll buy then. And then it was 40 and <laughs> then it was a hundred and then I felt stupid and I completely disconnected from the space. Oh, no. <laughs> and in 2014, I said, okay, stop worrying about not getting rich with this because you didn't buy and just get involved. And I started to get involved. I discovered that besides Bitcoin, there were other coins. I I heard about uh, Dash, which back then was called Dacoin, and was focused on anonymity of payments, which for me was super important, and I saw as a, a big flaw in, in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And I started to get involved, and, and for me, it was a super attractive space. I got hooked on i couldn't stop oh i understand i know the feeling so um now tell me i i don't remember what was dash called before it was called dash dark coin oh dash was dark coin that's right okay now then they rebranded it because they thought that dark sounded too dark right yeah that's it we were having trouble with uh, some services or companies which found that the name had a really uh, bad connotation mm -hmm. uh, so we decided to to change it it's the only thing that changed it is yes i remember that all right so fernando if you would tell our listeners about dash and explain it as if you were explaining it to someone who knows nothing about dash first thing from the user perspective uh, dash has two main advantages it's a cryptocurrency like bitcoins in fact is based on bitcoin code it's mm -hmm. a fork from bitcoin so that makes it easier for many things. But user doesn't care about that. There are two main features, um, privacy and instant transactions. Privacy means that the user has in the wallet a, a, a button he can press to mix his funds so nobody can follow the blockchain to see exactly what he's doing, like it happens with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can use Bitcoin uh, in an anonymous way, but it's quite difficult. Right. So we've, we've had examples of Coinbase setting, uh, setting accounts because people were using their money in gambling sites or things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, with Dash, that would not be possible because you can cut the tie and, and people can see what you are doing with your money. With, I believe it's really important. I see. So with Dash, people cannot see what you're doing and they cannot see where they've come from or where they're going. Yeah, you, you can choose because we have a fully transparent blockchain mm -hmm. like Bitcoins, mm -hmm. but 
at any time you can uh, anonymize your funds completely so uh, yeah uh, well it's a probabilistic game mm -hmm. basically you mix your funds with other people in different rounds one after the other so in the end someone could uh, you break them you mix them so it's basically impossible to to know what you are doing with your funds or we could say the probability is very very low let's think for example you go to a table with three or four people mm -hmm. you all take your wallet out and put your bills into the table mm -hmm. then you mix them and then everybody takes the same amount he came with but now you don't know if those bills are those you came in with or the bills from someone else yes then you go to another table and do the same mm -hmm. and then to another table and do the same that that's basically the process hmm. so in the end it's impossible to know whose money is is what but it's not uh done in a dangerous way in, like someone could take more money than than he came with because mm -hmm. there's a system that coordinates this in a completely trustless way Mm -hmm. So your funds never leave your, your wallet. I see. Now, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is, well, this is something that governments really would not want because they're so paranoid as it is about even $10, you know, moving from this person to that person and, you know, questioning whether or not you can track this $10, which is ridiculous. And so they come up with all of this anti-money laundering dogma, which really, if you're talking about something under you know, $10 or 20 or even $100, it's really irrelevant because, you know, money laundering, we're talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, you know, like Wachovia and HSBC were found guilty yeah, of doing absolutely. for the drug cartels, right? Those guys were guilty of true money laundering. And if you and I are passing $100 bills back and forth, real paper $100 bills, you know, who cares, really? I mean, let's get real. So it sounds to me like Dash would be something that would be really scary for some people, completely anonymous if you choose that, and therefore perfect for the criminal elements in the world, right? Well, I think there are many reasons for any anyone to want privacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's security. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's knowing that you can keep your things to yourself because it's been proved many times that when people know they are being watched they act differently that's right they don't risk they don't create in mm -hmm. fact uh, in in 1984 the citizens didn't know if they were being watched but they knew that they could be watched mm -hmm. so they didn't act naturally so just that would be enough reason to have privacy even if governments don't love it I have to add that that reminds me of a documentary I watched a few years back, and on the documentary they showed this prison, and I don't remember when it was first developed, in ancient Rome maybe, I have no idea, I just can't remember, but the prison was set up in a circular manner, and people since then, in the 20th century I believe, have set up prisons like that, so that you have your cell that you're in, your prison cell that you're in, and you can look out over across the way and see the other people in their cells all the way around the circle. And the guard, a guard or group of guards standing in the middle can look and see everybody just by turning around. They can look and see everybody in their cell. And just the fact that the people in their cells don't have a sense of privacy 
causes them to act differently and does have an effect on their behavior. It has a calming effect. It makes people paranoid. It makes people uncomfortable. It makes people unable to act and think in a way that we should be able to, that is synonymous with freedom, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, it's about security. We all know, many people know how many Bitcoins Satoshi has. Mm -hmm. So if everybody knows what you have, what you spend in, you are a target. I mean, if you mm -hmm. have a lot of Bitcoins, uh, hackers are going to target your computer. Mm -hmm. And in real life, someone could target you. So there are many reasons why privacy is, is important. You, don't, you may not want your competitors to know how much money you are making or how much you are selling. And, and with Bitcoin, you can achieve all that, of course, but in a really, really difficult and cumbersome way. Yes. So that gives you a, an easier way to do that, which I believe is really important. I like it. Governments may not like it, but well, we are still quite small, so we <laughs> haven't had any problems there. Um, and I, I don't expect, it's really difficult to, to cut uh, and, and forbid cryptocurrency related things. The, the, the only point where you, they can try something is where you convert from fiat to to crypto, but it, it's not that easy. That's right. Uh, they are trying. I, I read regarding what you said about the $100 bills. I read a few days ago an, an article in the Washington Post by, by Larry Summers, mm -hmm. the former Secretary of the Treasury mm -hmm. with Bill Clinton, I yep. believe. Yeah. And he was making an argument uh, about stopping creating $100 bills because they were a tool for terrorists and of course the 500 euro bills were even worse and i mean that that it was so full of bullshit and <laughs> it was it, it was terrible uh, but yeah governments will always try to control everything but i think that society and individuals uh, have the responsibility to, to also try to defend ourselves I agree. You know, I think what people don't realize is that when you have these big organizations, whether it's an organized crime syndicate, you know, the Chinese mafia, the Japanese mafia, the Jewish mafia, the Italian mafia, whatever, you know, nine times out of 10, whether it's them or a corporation or a bank like Wachovia or HSBC, they have regulators that they've paid off, right? They have people within the government always. This is historically going back since the beginning of time. They almost always have people that they have in their pockets that they have bought. So if they want to do the money laundering, they can usually, like Wachovia and HSBC, they were laundering hundreds of millions of dollars and getting away with it. Well, were they getting away with it because they were so super duper smart? No, they were getting away with it because the regulators, for whatever reason, were turning a blind eye to it. They were not able to see it. And I don't believe that it was because the regulators were working really hard and just missing it. I think it's because of what Patrick Byrne talks about, you know, in depth, especially on his site, uh, Deep Capture, is because these regulators, they get captured by the institutions or the industries that they're supposed to be regulating. So the real bad money launderers, they've got a system set up that almost always involves the authorities that are on the take, right? Absolutely. And, and blaming cryptocurrencies or even cash for, for crime it doesn't make any sense, but right, I, agree. Well, I guess they, they'll keep doing it. I don't think <laughs> they can stop everything and control everything. No. Luckily, most people or some people are aware. 
That's right. And then a, sec a second feature that DAS has, which is super exciting, especially lately, instant transactions. Mm -hmm. Like they are confirmed in just uh, a few seconds, uh, three, four seconds, you have a transaction which is confirmed and can't be double spent. This is super powerful for anything mm, retail related because uh, you c the merchant can know for sure that the transaction is valid and confirmed uh, while you are still there at the at the cashier. Mm -hmm. uh, in Bitcoin, you know that you have to wait a lot for confirmations. Most merchants will accept zero confirmation transactions, but that's dangerous. Uh, you can have trouble with those payments. And especially mm -hmm. now, all these uh, talk about replace by fee, mm -hmm. and Peter thought double spending a transaction just to prove it could be done. Mm -hmm. uh, so I see a lot of danger in the Bitcoin space with zero confirmation transactions. Not right now, but it could it could happen in the future. So we have instant. And instant is always better than waiting. I think so too. You know, I think I think that we may see a future where, of course, I, I believe Bitcoin will be you know part of our future certainly, just like I think Ripple will as well. Although they're very very different, of course. But I think that those people who want merchants to adopt Bitcoin and everybody to use Bitcoin for everything from you know buying a car to buying your cup of coffee. I think we may find out that Bitcoin is going to be used for buying your car or buying your house or settlements and big transactions, but it may be that something else really, you know, 20, 30 years in the future, it may be that we are using another cryptocurrency like Dash when we go to buy the coffee because we, of course, have to have something that's instant. Nobody even wants to wait 30 seconds. They want to wait one second or two seconds. When it gets to three seconds, people start to get impatient and pissed off. When it gets to 30 seconds, they're leaving and they're not coming back. So merchants simply cannot have that. Yes, there are ways to get around that. But, you know, really, one of the easiest ways to get around it would be to use a digital currency that's instant, right? Just like what you're talking about. Absolutely. Recently, uh, we had part of the team at the Miami North American Bitcoin conference mm -hmm. and a couple a few members of the community developed a vending machine with instant transactions oh, and wow. they they saw it in in Miami in in, in the conference and people loved it hmm. basically you you got there you get a QR code you scan it you pay and you get the the soda of course, you could do that with Bitcoin and ZeroConf, but that's risky. In this case, there was zero risk for the merchant. It was really good. And, and I think that's, that's a feature that also gives us an, an edge uh, on, on other cryptocurrencies. And then from not the user perspective, which these are the main advantages, but it, then all this is possible because of how we have everything set up. In, in Bitcoin, you know that Miners are the most important part of the network. They validate transactions and they uh, build the blocks. And in exchange of that, they get paid the reward on every block. That's right. That's basically our security. That's expensive security, but security is expensive, period. And then on top of that, you have the nodes, which relate transactions. Mm -hmm. they, they, they send the information around, but they are not getting paid. They are... People do them on a voluntary basis. So there's been some, the number of nodes is declining. And, and also when they, people talk about 
the block size, they say that if the block size increases a lot, the cost for nodes will be, for full nodes will be much higher and the number will drop even more. Mm -hmm. Right now, I believe it's below 6,000 yeah. and it will drop further. In, in the past, it was much higher. Yeah, it's scary. So what we've done in Dash is that we've incentivized that part of the network. We have the miners, which are incentivized, but they only receive 45% of the block reward. Okay. Another 45% of the block reward goes to the nodes. Hmm. So in our case, the nodes are a business. But also to avoid uh, people setting up too many nodes uh, and, and, and that those nodes uh, don't work properly or, or misbehave, what we do is that we require you to own 1,000 DAS hmm. and put that as collateral. You don't spend it. You just have it in your wallet, your local wallet, and you don't move them. And then if you, if you prove you have those 1,000 DAS, then you can set up uh, a node. We call them master nodes. Oh, wow. And then you have that second tier in the network of nodes which are incentivized. And they are pretty good business, by the way. If, if you, 1,000 DAS at the moment, it's around $3,500. Okay. And you are going to get in payments around 12% per year. So hmm. uh, not considering the, the, the changes in value in the coin. Yes, in, in new coins for you, you are going to get around uh, 120 every year, hmm. which is quite nice. Yeah, I like that. But then you have that second tier, which is incentivized, so you can ask them to do things because they are not voluntary. You can, you can require them to work in a certain way or to do certain things. And if we increase the block size, it's not a problem because they will be able to pay for, for more bandwidth or better servers. Hmm. And then once you have that layer in the network that want to do things because they are getting, because they are getting paid, and also you know they will behave properly mm -hmm. because if not, they are not getting paid. Mm -hmm. And also someone with uh, bad intentions won't be able to set up nodes because they have to put money up front, hmm. a lot of money to be relevant then you can start to uh, build things on top of that. And anonymity is built on, on top of masternodes. They are the ones who coordinate that tables in which the, the, the bills were mixed. They coordinate that so nobody can break the session or that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They also do instant transactions because what we've done is that validation of the transaction when you send something that is going to be instant, is done at the masternode level. It's not in the block. Okay. They check the transactions, and if the transaction is okay, they they lock those funds, and miners won't be able to include in a block anything that contradicts that. So the transaction is actually confirmed. I see. That's, that's how that's how instant transactions work. Now, how do you stop someone from buying in? to having a master node and then, you know, doing nefarious things, how far could they go in cheating if they bought in, you know, and were a master node and then decided to cheat the system? I assume you have safeguards for that to stop that from happening. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, master nodes act uh, in small groups. So um, for that validation, you ask eight master nodes, to, to check if the transaction is valid. Mm -hmm. And 
those eight master nodes are selected randomly I of see. a pool of all master nodes, which at the moment we are around uh, 3,600, I believe. Oh. So there are, there are a lot of master nodes. Nice. That's great. And, and, and we are really small we are compared to Bitcoin. And we are like, and we have like 60% of 60, 65% of the nodes they have. Well, that's great. So eight, eight master nodes are chosen randomly. That's it. And in fact, it's more complicated even than that. Because sure. a few of them are selected from like old master nodes that have been online for a long time. Mm -hmm. Another few from like a middle tier uh, group of master nodes and, and another one from recent master nodes. So even if you wanted to buy, to, to, to create a lot of master nodes, you would only be able to, to get them in the recent one group. So it would be really difficult. And when I've calculated the, the probabilities of someone subverting the system, and it's basically impossible. Even if you have hundreds of master nodes, it's impossible. I mean, it's one possibility in, in more than trillions. I remember it was like 15 zeros. Uh, it's almost impossible to, to subvert the system unless you have most of masternodes yourself, in which case you've had to buy and spend such an amount that <laughs> right. it doesn't make any sense. Right. Oh. Because, because for each one of them, you, you need 1,000 dash. So basically, it's impossible to subvert the system. It's basically impossible. <laughs> This episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is brought to you by our good friends at MoonshineBootWax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original, all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is a proprietary blend of American beeswax and other fine, all-natural ingredients. It's specially formulated to feed and protect your leather while also offering an excellent long-lasting shine. Whether it's your cowboy boots, your expensive wing tips, or your wife's favorite pumps, Moonshine Boot Wax is a must-have for gentlemen who care about their appearance. Moonshine Boot Wax is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a nonprofit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system. Together with Community Food Advocates, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is making a positive difference in the Nashville community, one shine at a time. You can buy your very own four ounce tin today by going to moonshinebootwax.com. And best of all, you can pay using Bitcoin. So yeah, tell us about the governance system. You mentioned that earlier, and this is pretty intriguing. Let's hear about the governance. How does that work? Absolutely. Uh, well, if you remember well, when I talked about miners and masternodes, I said that miners get 45% of the blog reward mm -hmm. and masternodes get another 45%. But there's a 10% of the block which is kept apart for development, for projects that help develop Dash. Okay. So people can make proposals to the system. You can do it from your wallet or there are a couple of websites where people can make proposals. Mm -hmm. And then those proposals have a budget with them and masternodes vote which proposals will get the funds. Hmm. So once a month, uh, the proposals who win will get the funds. And it's super interesting because, I mean, the ones who are voting are the ones who are more vested in the system because mm -hmm. they have investments. So they will look for the coin and vote for those things they consider are best for the development of hmm. the coin. Nice. So I think the incentives play 
quite well here. For example, right now, there's a small budget for the people in the core team of the coin, and we are getting paid a small amount at the moment, but it's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we split uh, among the, the people behind the coin. There's another budget for public awareness, and we are paying for things like conferences, uh, that kind of stuff. For example, just today, uh, Juan Escalt, which is a Bitcoin journalist mm-hmm, I know he's him. gonna give it ah, perfect he's gonna talk about dash at an Acapulco mm. and the blockchain has paid for that oh, nice. and it was really cool how it happened someone in the community in the forum said hey we should be at an Acapulco and but no one could go there and then someone said Juan lives there and and then someone pinged him because we, he had interviewed the developers a couple of times and he was a bit into Dash. Nice. And he said, he talked with the organizer. He said, okay, doing a conference would be this and that and I have these expenses. And then he made a proposal and people voted and he got paid and, and he's talking in a few hours, in fact, in an Acapulco about Dash. We've also sent, as I said, people to the Miami North American Bitcoin Conference, uh, to Mexico DF, uh, to the Latin American Bitcoin conference hmm. to Amsterdam to a, to a meetup. So there are funds to for these kind of actions. Well, the, the vending machine also got some funds from the blockchain, so they could uh, develop it. These these members in the community. Mm-hmm. It's a system which is quite open. It's it's really new. We've been using it for four or five months. We are changing things. We are learning a lot because the minute you introduce money in, in into a group dynamic change a lot oh yeah <laughs> but it's been really interesting and it, also it gives us an advantage of, over other coins because others have a centralized um, funding models mm-hmm. funding models with um, I mean the MIT paying developers or companies in, in this case is the blockchain is the people behind the coin who are paying for the projects that make sense and paying the developers. So that's great. So that's great. You know, I love this. When I compare this, this sounds so logical and it sounds like it's so well thought out when I compare this to something like the Bitcoin Foundation. Now, (laughs) you know, where they had all of this money coming in, people tithing to them like you were tithing to the church back in the 1200s, right? Or or giving part of your grain to the church, part of your crops to the church. You know, and then the church, you know, or whatever it was, it could have been the king, right? The monarch, whatever. They do whatever they want with it, right? They would buy gold or they would increase their harems. Increase their harems, or they would buy a new church, or they would get a solid gold cross, or whatever they would do with it. But I love the fact that you guys have this thing set up in such a way that proposals are going to be decided by the people it is going to affect the most, who have the most interest in it. And of course, their interest in making it work well is because they are incentivized you have a really good incentive program that really sounds to me like there's not a lot of wiggle room there for people who want to cheat the system or for people who want to like some of the bitcoin foundation folks put a little bit in their pockets have a big fancy party with champagne and cocaine and god only knows what those people were doing right so it sounds to me like you've (laughs) you've set this thing up for adults to act responsibly you know and i think this sounds fantastic man we will also have a foundation but it's it's different well we set up long ago before we had this this system in place mm-hmm. but we saw that the 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 idea of a foundation that funds the developers and and receives donations 
didn't work because we were seeing what was happening mm. in, in Bitcoin. So for us, the foundation is just a legal entity because sometimes you need to interact with the real world. That's right. I mean, recently, we there was someone tr trying to trademark Dash. Mm. So uh, the foundation filled an opposition to that trademark attempt. Mm. And sometimes you need a legal entity to, this, to do this kind of stuff. That's right. Or a couple of times we were contacted by authorities in in China because there was a big Ponzi scheme there uh, and they were using uh, Bitcoin and, and, and Darkcoin back in the past like uh, uh, tools to attract people and, and then police stop everything and mm. And they wanted someone they could ask, and 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 we we solved their their doubts about about us and, and that kind of stuff. Sometimes you hmm. need a legal entity, so that that's, that's right. our foundation. But but the the funding and and the, the direction of the development doesn't have anything to do with the foundation because yes, an entity we have, uh, but it it's not tied to the blockchain. Uh, the blockchain is who decides uh, what gets developed or or paid. We talked a lot about this, mm. by the way, with a past guest you had in the show, Ian Pasevre. Oh, yeah. I love Ian. Uh, yeah, he, he was studying politics in Bitcoin. And Smart after guy. Listening, yeah, absolutely. After listening to him in your show, uh, I reached out to him and, and, and we had a really long meeting, a few hours. Uh, Evan Duffield, the, the, the lead developer in the project, uh, Ian and, and me, and when we were setting up this governance system, and he gave us really uh, good comments and, and ideas, and he was really interested in the system. Unfortunately, he, we haven't mm, been talking afterwards uh, we, uh, because everyone got caught with many other things. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really, really interesting because the system, uh, it, it's quite young. It's going to take time to, to polish everything, but... I think it's working quite well already. Yeah, and I know what you mean about you know losing touch with people because there's so many great people like Ian that I've interviewed for my show, and then you know I don't talk to them again, or a year will go by and I'll talk to them or interview them again, or you know there are a lot of people that I haven't talked to in a really long time that I would like to get back in touch with. And you know, as you were talking about um, your foundation, I was you know thinking not for the first time, but it was you know kind of really hitting home with me how much people in the cryptocurrency space have learned. From from the mistakes uh, of the Bitcoin Foundation. And, you know, I give those guys a lot of grief because, uh, well, because they deserve it and because they were highly irresponsible. And, uh, you know, the biggest problem, I think, with the Bitcoin Foundation was and possibly still is, if it even is still hanging on there by a thread, uh, was transparency. You have to have transparency when you're a nonprofit or when you're a charitable organization or you know a foundation that people look up to you have to have that transparency because if you don't have that transparency a couple of things are going to happen one it's going to be difficult for a certain kind of person like myself to trust you and the other thing is that without the transparency the bad actors who may have slipped in there can do bad things and you get a bunch of human beings together and you know if you have 10 of them just chosen randomly the odds are pretty high that one of them in that room is going to have less integrity than the rest of them <laughs> you know that's just the way that it is that's human nature sadly but you know thankfully it's not the other way around usually it's just 10 20 percent that are bad actors and the 80 percent are you know pretty good folks um 
Having said that, then you can have a room full of people of high integrity. And if given enough time and if enough wealth is you know, put before their eyes, gold and silver flashed before them, some of those people of high integrity will become corrupt. So it sounds to me like your foundation is on the right track. Now, you said you're a director at the foundation. Can you just tell our listeners, if you would, just briefly how the foundation is structured? Is there a board of directors and how many and how does that work? Yeah, we are five directors. One is the lead developer, another one is me, and then other people from the community. Okay. We're five. Okay. We've been funded exclusively by membership fees. By membership fees, okay. People pay a small fee to be a part of the foundation. Mm-hmm. We made it clear since the beginning that it was basically a donation to the system to 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 Dash. And those funds are stored in a multi-signature account, Mm -hmm. so uh, nobody can use them without uh, someone else. So that gives us a lot of security. And we've been fully transparent with everything we've done. Basically, up until now, we've only paid for legal fees in relation to that trademark uh, attempt by someone else. And none of us is getting paid. We are not organizing events or anything at the moment. We're just trying to see what the foundation fits into the ecosystem and, and trying to help to uh, to develop Dash. Another thing we did is set up uh, an Apple iTunes account because they require someone to put their name and credit card there to publish an iOS app, which mm-hmm. we are which we have developed, but they have rejected, by the way. Oh, wow. We're trying them to reconsider. Apple, but, uh, Apple, Apple, yeah. Apple, Apple, you. Absolutely. <laughs> there's always, we, a, bad, we, we, there's always we, a bad Apple. <laughs> yeah, we wanted that that app was uh, published by the team directly, so we did it through the foundation, and we had to pay the fee of of, of, the, of the iTunes store. We, we, we'll try to get it published soon again we've uh, we've tried several times there are they are not very clear why they don't approve it but i'm sure they they'll come around and and we'll we'll have our right now people if they want their ios and uh, wallet they can have it there is a process in which you download the code and you do Hmm. something completely legal this is not for jailbroken phones, mm-hmm. something legal, and it's okay with 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 Apple. We have some tutorials to do that, but it's a little bit cumbersome. It would be much easier if it was in the in the iTunes store, but it will be soon. I'm sure. So for Apple users, they can get an app on their iPhone, but it takes a little bit of uh, of doing now is there something on your website that would help people do that and then the other follow-up question is of course your app is available on android i assume yeah there there's an android wallet there's the ios wallet you can find instructions in in our wiki which is dash.org slash wiki okay and and there you can find how to install the ios app and we also have of course a, a desktop wallet available for Windows, Mac, or Linux. Okay, nice. And we also have an Electrum wallet, a light wallet that doesn't need to download all, all the blockchain. Like, okay. Like the main wallet. Okay. And uh, going back to transparency, uh, as you said, I said that the funds in the foundation are in a multi-sig account, and everything is in the blockchain, and we don't mix funds. Uh, hmm. As I said before, 
privacy for, for DASH is something you opt in uh, whenever you want, but you also can for, for charities or that kind of stuff. Accountability is super important. So that people can also act completely transparently. So we, we give the option. It's not like things are obscure by, by default. Uh, you can, I understand. You can do however you want. You have the freedom to to be to privacy or, or, or to act publicly. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask a moment ago, I was going to say I would be remiss in my duties if I did not ask these funds coming into the foundation, you know, even that, you know, just saying that funds coming into the foundation uh, makes my, it gives me shivers and it gives me bad memories, but um, the funds coming into your foundation, are those publicly available, as you mentioned, on the blockchain, is that right? Yeah, in our website, uh, there is a page that says uh, funds, and, and you have the, the multi-seek addresses there, mm -hmm. and you can go into a blockchain explorer and check everything. Wow. From the first uh, microtransaction to the last one, and everything is it, it can be seen there. Recently, we had our first annual meeting, and, and we explained the members uh, down to the last penny how the funds had been used, and... I mean, I understand that there is a lot of um, backlash against foundations and that kind of institutions uh, in this space, but sometimes you have to interact with, with the real world and you need legal entities. So oh, sure. we have to be practical. Well, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the transparency is so important. And, you know, we really did, you know, as a community in the crypto world, if you want to call it that, we did learn a lot from the Bitcoin Foundation and how they're doing things wrong. Uh, my mother years ago worked for a grant giving foundation. And when she came aboard, you know, they had all this money that had been inherited by, you know, the, the foundation had been passed on from father to son. And but he didn't have anybody investing the money wisely. So my mother helped them set up to actually invest this money as opposed to just giving it out as grants and watching it disappear and go away. So yeah, it's so important. And we know still with, you know, foundations that exist and organizations that exist that help out for cancer treatment or what have you, we know that so much of that money goes toward administrative fees. And then, you know, the small amount trickles down to the people that need help in the foreign country or to the whales or whatever good cause it is. But uh, when it's transparent, you can see, you know, basically where it's going. And that's so important. I mean, that is the model of the future for foundations and for companies that, you know, want to be known as, um, you know, having the highest a regard for the people who are giving the money to them, you know, honoring those people and honoring those funds and using those responsibly. I mean, that's just critical for reputation, not just in the crypto space, but in the world, you know, for a future that holds that up as the standard and other companies then have to, you know, rise to that or they're going to be looked at as, you know, less reliable, less responsible, having a reputation that's not as good. Absolutely. When you manage someone else's money, you need to be extra careful. Uh, it's not only doing the right thing. You have to prove you are doing the right thing and you hmm. have to show it. So we are completely on the same page there. Yeah, because we've learned that just saying you're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but... <laughs> in this space, there, there's so many scams and yeah. <laughs> that it really, it's terrible, but it is well, terrible. I think the people is learning yes. step by step, and it's it's a new field. We, we'll all get better. Also, there's a big problem in this field, and is that most things are super difficult. 
and that's our next step yes in dash we are working really hard on ease of use hmm. there's a lot of work being done right now at a major overhaul in the software mm -hmm. we are still working on on dash as it is now but in parallel we're working on a new version called evolution okay which is basically ease of use uh, you are gonna be able to have something like a web wallet but not centralized hmm. right now if you use paypal you are using their servers and you are uh, it, it's completely centralized but we are hmm. aiming at doing something like that but decentralized because it will live in the master nodes those uh, 3600 um, uh, master nodes i talked before that were incentivized mm -hmm. uh, the developers are coding something that will live in all of them so basically your wallet will make a request to master nodes to know what's the funds of this address uh, how do this how to do that and then send a transaction so it will be a decentralized wallet as mm. easy to use as a uh, paypal wow so uh, and and it will also have a if you want uh, you will have a usernames and then you can send money to a friend just with his username or to a contact or to a business it's been developed and things are still being worked out mm -hmm. There's a lot of work done. There are many papers published in our website also. Okay. If you if you go to das.org in the right top uh, corner, there's a button that says evolution, and if you go there, there's a subsite with a lot of papers and the work that we, that is being done. Okay. And this new iteration of, of Dash is gonna make it super easy for users and also super easy for merchants to integrate, because we are aiming at something like pay, like PayPal. Right now, normal people are not going to bother with Bitcoin or, or Dash as they are. It's too complicated, yeah, right? It's too complicated. We, we are all weirdos that <laughs> love to make things the complicated way. Uh, but, I mean, the, the average user doesn't want to uh, complicate and, and think so much about, about payments. It's just payment. I mean, That's right. uh, you, you, you need to compete with a credit card or with PayPal. You That's are not right. competing... Uh, with Bitcoin or or Ethereum or, or DAS, you are competing with a credit card and with PayPal. And, and those are the standards you should try to beat in terms of ease of use. And we are also aiming at that with, with DAS. That's exciting. You know, ease of use is so important. And uh, yours is called, is going to be called Evolution. The only thing I could think that would be bad would be if another project came out and they started their own project to compete with Evolution. It would be called Creation, right? And they do everything, <laughs> they, do everything they can to, to disparage the name of Evolution. It's like, these guys are false. These guys are fake. These guys are wrong. It's not real. Don't believe in it. Don't trust Evolution. Trust Creation. Yeah, it's it's God who makes payments. <laughs> it's God who makes payments. I yeah. love it. <laughs> well, evolution is just the the code name, but the coin is Dash, and it's gonna be Dash. But nice. we've used this name to first to describe what it is. It's an evolution over what we have, mm -hmm. but it's still the same. And and internally, I mean, to refer that there's like uh, different development being done from. For evolution, for maintenance, of what we really have. So we needed a code name. It's but it's just a new version. I love it. In the end, it's a great so name. We will be Dash. We nice. will be Dash, and I think it will work quite quite well when we have it. We already have a demo that you can check on the website. Uh, the 
in, in the Miami conference, uh, we did a live demo. It was a big success. People loved it because it's it's super easy. We have videos of that demo in, in the website also. I'm going to go watch that. That sounds exciting, watching something that's going to compete with debit cards and credit cards and what people are used to using. That's the whole idea, ease of use. Make it familiar to people so that they just naturally will use it when you suggest it. And maybe it's even going to be easier and more convenient than using uh, credit cards or debit cards, right? Absolutely. And because, I mean, we, we need to build solutions that work for everyone. And, and right now in crypto, we are not doing that. We are doing things that are really exciting, really important in my opinion, but they are not uh, solutions for, for, for most of the people. Mm-hmm. So we need to go there and that's, that's what we are trying. Wow, it sounds fantastic. Well, listeners, you've been listening to Fernando Gutierrez, one of the directors of the Foundation for Dash. Fernando, thank you so much for being on the show. And before we go, let me mention that I actually own some Dash that I bought on Poloniex. And, you know, I'm bullish on it because I think that there's a lot of good tech behind it. And, you know, when it comes to a coin that I'm going to buy, that I'm going to invest in a little bit of my Bitcoin or a little bit of my money, I'm only going to invest in digital currency that I feel has a good tech team behind it and has, you know, a good platform that makes sense that's actually going to do something that's going to make a difference. I'm not just a speculator. So is it fair to say that you think that Dash is a good investment for people? Yeah, I think so. Of course, uh, people need to make their own research and make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. But I think that we are in a really good place. There is a solid team. I mean, we are probably... uh, a few dozens of people working hard on this and mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of future we are all big believers and and i think that what one of the things in fact that that brought me to to dash in the beginning was that the lead developer uh, was completely honest mm-hmm. about who he was what were his expectations he had quit his job he committed two years to the project and and then he would see but he said, I'm, I'm launching this. I'm going to be spend two years working full-time on this. This is my name. This is who I am. Uh, there was nothing hidden. And and I talked with him many times, and he's he was, like, really consistent and, and, and seemed to be really honest. So, I mean, the people behind the project are really important, and I mm-hmm. really believe in, in the people we have. Nice. Now, who is the lead developer? His name is Evan Duffield. Okay, I've heard the name. He created this, but now there's a, a really big team behind the coin. There are many developers. We have people doing business development, people doing press and community work, uh, translations. We are we have several people leading uh, what we do in other languages, hmm. Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, in Chinese, we have a website just for China oh, wow. because they can't see uh, the, the, the website, the main website, because it's not hosted in, in China. So we created a website in Hong Kong. And oh, wow. See it. And the, the Russian version of the website is super complete, and we are doing really well there because there's people in the community working really hard to translate all materials and, and help people set up wallets and masternodes and uh, I think the team is really powerful. I'm super proud of, of being part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the biggest reason I would invest in Dash. 
And also because crypto, I believe a lot in it. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. The future. So, but yes, one word: don't keep your funds in exchanges. Don't keep your funds in exchanges. That's right. I've lost some in in, in crypto in the past because I had just bought a few coins and, and I couldn't withdraw them, uh, and I lost them. And people has lost in in all the exchanges. So. Please download the wallet. We have an Electrum wallet, which is super easy to install. Mm -hmm. And don't trust anyone with your funds. Yeah, keep your own keys and don't trust a custodial exchange with your funds. I completely agree with that. You know, knock on wood, I got lucky when it came to Mt. Gox because I got out before they crashed. And then same thing for Cripsy. I had a bunch of currency, cryptocurrency there at one point, and I got out before they crashed. Now, I've got a decent amount of Poloniex right now. And every day that goes by, I don't really feel that comfortable because again, I don't distrust Poloniex. I think that they're probably a reputable company, but I don't know that maybe they might get hacked or who knows, the owner might have an aneurysm or a stroke and go insane. You never know, right? Yeah, you got to have control of your own keys. We even have a hardwood wallets. I mean, the Tresor wallet that works with Bitcoin also works with Dash. You can store your Bitcoin and your Dash in parallel, oh, nice. and that's, that's as safe as it gets. Mm -hmm. um, so I just mentioned that because you said you had your funds in Poloniex and I was like, no, no, <laughs> please get them out. I, I also believe that Poloniex, it, it's a great business and, and they, they work great, but, but you're keeping your funds in someone else's wallet. Right. So it's not, not smart. You got to keep your own funds. All right. Well, Fernando, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking time to interview. I know that our listeners have really enjoyed learning more about Dash. And uh, listeners, if you want to find out more about Dash, go to dash.org and watch some videos and read some more about Dash and uh, make a decision whether or not you want to invest, but also whether or not you want to use Dash, because this is a good opportunity to experience what's going on here at the dawn of the age of cryptocurrencies. Uh, Fernando, thank you so much once again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, seriously, though, if you do find a nice Spanish woman, let me know. <laughs> of course I will. Don't worry. All right, man. Well, take care of yourself. See you. Have a good one. Okay, you too, man. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank my guest on today's show, Fernando Gutierrez of Dash. Fernando, it sounds to me like Dash is in very capable hands, and I look forward to following you guys as you progress through this new frontier here at the dawn of the age of cryptocurrencies. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Moonshine Cowboy Bootwax, the all-natural bootwax and polish to keep your shoes, boots, pumps, and stilettos protected and looking great. The Nashville Wax Company also now offers the world's first 100% all-natural residue remover. That's right, Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover for removing stubborn, sticky stuff. Yes, it's like Goo Gone, but without the petrochemicals. Planet Earth will thank you for caring. For more information and to order a Moonshine product of your very own, you don't have to get up out of your chair, folks. Just head on over to moonshinebootwax.com. If you've never ordered online using Bitcoin, it's a great experience, and moonshinebootwax.com makes the experience super-duper easy. That's right, moonshinebootwax.com.
I'd also like to thank the sponsor of Bitcoins and Gravy, CryptoCompare.com. I now find myself checking in with them daily for a quick and reliable way to find out what's happening in the exciting and ever-changing world of cryptocurrencies. Check it out right now and save it in your favorites. That's right, WorldWideWeb.CryptoCompare.com. But you know, that's www.CryptoCompare.com. And of course, I'd like to thank my listeners, that's you, for following me and for tuning in each week. And thank you also, friends, for your small, medium, and sometimes large tips. I am still a volunteer here doing what I love and what sweetens the deal for me each week, and I mean this, is when I look in my Bitcoin wallet a couple days after the show to see that someone has tipped me. So that means tomorrow morning when I go out to get my coffee, I will imagine that one of my listeners, maybe you, maybe you, bought that coffee for me. And that, of course, will put a smile on my face. Signing off now from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. Until next week, remember that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. So do something, make a difference, and be brave in letting your voice and your opinions be heard. This is not a rehearsal, folks. This is the real thing. Peace, y'all. And I know that it may sound a little bit absurd, but I have for you a magic word. And today's magic word is dash, D-A-S-H, dash. Dash as in the currency, dash. In fact, I just bought 100 of them today. I really did. <laughs> From Poloniex, my favorite exchange. I'm not advocating having your bitcoins or other cryptocurrencies on an exchange folks okay but if you're going to do some trading you have to have them somewhere right and as far as i know currently poloniex is one of the most reliable ones so that's where i do a little bit of trading i don't do a lot because i'm not willing to risk a lot and don't you don't ever risk more than you're comfortable losing on any exchange ever we've seen what happens when you do Lots of money lost there on Mount Gox back in the day, and lots of money lost recently on Cripsy. Shame on you, Mount Gox. Shame on you, Cripsy. Mm, mm, mm. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be He gave us all a protocol this world had never seen Or Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Or Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Down the road it will be 
told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Our Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain, our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go Oh, Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go We have front row seats in the development of a historic technology that is doing things that have never been done before. And every day that goes by, I just feel amazed at at having this opportunity to be frontline observer and sometimes influencer in what is turning out to be perhaps a historic generational worldwide impactful disruptive change in technology, one that will create history. And that is an amazing feeling. One, two, y'all know what to do. I'm going down to Nashville, Tennessee, to a place round there called a Hattie Bees. They got the best hot chicken in the U.S. of A. Right here is where it started. At least that's what they say. Oh, Nashville, Tennessee, they're singing and a picking. Gotta, gotta get me some hot chicken. Got into town, I got turned around. You see, when I found myself a driving across the river headed east, when Princess Chicken came into view. From the car and I was running for the roost If mama could have seen me I would have got a lickin' Checkin' out, takin' out of eatin' hot chicken And they'll be serving up a coleslaw, y'all Black-eyed peas and everything that you please Cornbread, collard greens, tater salad, mac and cheese Hot pies, pretty eyes, country pie, me oh my Nashville, Tennessee, we're singing and a-pickin' Gotta, gotta get me some hot chicken
for coleslaw, y'all. Black-eyed peas, if you please, Miss Louise. A Wonder Bread, pickle pieces, tater salad, mac and cheeses. Hot pies, pretty eyes, country pie, me oh my. Nashville, Tennessee, we're singing and a picking. Gotta, gotta get me some hot chicken. Cold beer, chugging it, hot picking. Gotta love it. Cool ranch, wanna dance, I can tell just by her glance If you wanna get to heaven, son, you gotta take a chance So come on down to Nashville where everybody's picking Come on down and get you some hot chicken Gotta, gotta get me some hot chicken I'm headed down and you can come for finger picking Bring your fiddle, bring your drums, we'll do some kicking You might even fall in love, the plot will thicken Winner, winner, chicken dinner, singing and a picking Gotta, gotta get me some hot chicken Gotta, gotta get me some hot chicken